This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. America's Supreme Court limited the authority of the Environmental Protection Agency to regulate carbon emissions by power plants, complicating government efforts to mitigate climate change. In a separate case, the court held that the Biden administration could reverse a Trump-era policy requiring asylum seekers to remain in Mexico while their claims are adjudicated. The rulings cap a controversial term in which the court's conservative majority eliminated the right to abortion, loosened gun laws, and eroded the separation between church and state. Rajib Tayyip Erdogan demanded that Sweden extradite 73 people whom Turkey accused of terrorism or risk losing his support to join NATO. Turkey's president said Sweden promised to deport them, though no such commitment appeared in the country's joint memorandum with Finland about NATO accession on Tuesday. The ultimatum, issued at the end of the alliance's summit in Madrid, threatened to reopen a dispute that appeared resolved just days ago. Consumer spending in America fell for the first time this year as households responded to high inflation and rising interest rates. The drop from a revised 0.6% increase in April to 0.2% growth in May could suggest that the economy has contracted for the second straight quarter. Jerome Powell, head of the Federal Reserve, previously cited, quote, strong spending as evidence that a recession was not inevitable. President Joe Biden said he supports scrapping the filibuster, which requires 60 votes to pass legislation in the Senate in order to codify abortion rights. Mr. Biden, a long-term defender of the filibuster, called for a similar exception in January to pass voting rights legislation. Speaking in Madrid, where NATO wrapped up its summit, the president said the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade was, quote, destabilizing. Russian forces withdrew from Snake Island, a tiny but strategically important chunk of Ukrainian territory in the Black Sea. Russia called the move a, quote, gesture of goodwill, to show that it is not blocking food exports by sea from Ukraine. But Ukraine claims it forced the occupiers into a hasty retreat, having in recent days intensified its efforts to remove them. China's President Xi Jinping arrived in Hong Kong for events celebrating the 25th anniversary of the territory's handover from British to Chinese rule. In preparation for the anniversary, on July 1st, many of the city's streets and buildings have been adorned with red Chinese flags. It is Mr. Xi's first trip outside of mainland China since the pandemic began, and his first visit to Hong Kong since 2017. Israel's parliament voted by 92 to 0 to dissolve itself, triggering a new election to be held on November 1st. It will be the country's fifth in under four years. On Friday, Israel's prime minister, Naftali Bennett, will be replaced by Yair Lapid, now foreign minister, who will run a caretaker government until the election. Before the vote, Mr. Bennett, who was in charge for just a year, said he would not run again for a seat in the Knesset. The jostling makes possible a comeback by Benjamin Netanyahu, a former prime minister. And fact of the day, 15%. 
the amount by which Ukraine's economy contracted between April 2021 and April 2022. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. 25 years ago, Britain returned Hong Kong, which it had ruled for more than 150 years, to China. To mark the anniversary, on Friday, China's leader, Xi Jinping, is making a rare visit to the territory to swear in John Lee, the new chief executive. The installation of an ex-policeman and security chief as leader of the financial hub illustrates the Chinese Communist Party's priorities since the city was engulfed by anti-government protests in 2019. In 1997, the party promised that Hong Kong would remain free and open for at least 50 years. But at the halfway mark, Hong Kong is a police state. That didn't happen overnight. Hours before the anniversary of the handover in 2020, China imposed a draconian security law. But the party had spent decades laying the foundations for its takeover, using infiltration, coercion, fear, and intimidation to bring the city to heel. Now, with both overt and covert strategies working in tandem, 25 years from now, the territory will be unrecognizable. Hindu pilgrims trek through Kashmir. This week, the first of up to one million Hindus will embark on the Amarnath Yatra, a 350-kilometer pilgrimage to visit an ice stalagmite revered as a symbol of Shiva, a Hindu god. Their calling is as perilous as it is spiritual. A 43-day journey takes them through the mountain passes of Indian-administered Kashmir, some of the most disputed territory in the world. Around 10,000 soldiers have been posted along the route. They may be needed. In June, many Hindus who are a minority in Kashmir fled after a string of targeted killings by Muslims. Narendra Modi, India's Hindu nationalist prime minister, has lauded The Kashmir Files, an inflammatory film about an insurgency. As his Bhartiya Junta party continues to stoke communal fires, religious tensions are rife elsewhere too. On Tuesday in Rajasthan, two Muslim men killed a Hindu over an offensive comment made about Muhammad. Up in the Himalayas, while devotees seek salvation, they should also pray for peace. Florida becomes a new abortion battleground. For years, many women in Alabama and Georgia, where abortion is heavily restricted, have traveled to nearby Florida for the procedure the Sunshine State has one of America's highest abortion rates. That may soon change. On Thursday, a judge temporarily blocked a state law banning abortions after 15 weeks, due to take effect on Friday. The law is similar to the one in Mississippi used last week by the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade. Abortion rights activists in this state fear that the legal battle over the law, which is expected to continue, will foreshadow more stringent bans. But whether the state's Republican governor would approve them is unclear. Ron DeSantis has praised the justices for ditching Roe, but most Floridians want abortion to remain legal. And he has sidestepped questions about a total ban. Women in Florida and nearby states who need abortions will hope he continues to do so. Europe ceases bond buying. Since the Eurozone dipped towards low inflation in the mid-2010s, 
a scheme to buy government bonds has been the European Central Bank's principal tool of stimulus. On Friday, this long-lasting asset purchase program will come to an end. The ECB is also set to raise interest rates by 25 basis points in July, and by possibly more in September. The ECB is trying to avoid a wage price spiral and bring down inflation, which reached a record 8.1% in May. But being a central banker in a monetary union is hard. Eurozone countries have different growth prospects and debt levels. Rapid rate increases might send some into recession, and tighter policy will squeeze indebted countries, such as Italy, as governments' finances come under pressure, both from higher underlying rates and the increasing, quote, spread between their bond yields and those of Germany, the Eurozone's benchmark. The ECB is fashioning a tool which it hopes will constrain spreads, but the gap between the best performers and the worst is likely to widen. An American sports star in a Russian court. Like many female American basketball stars, Brittany Griner of Phoenix Mercury spent some of her off-season earning better money playing abroad. In her case, in Russia. But when she landed at Moscow's Sheremetyevo Airport on February 17th, customs officials claimed to have found cannabis oil within vape cartridges in her luggage. Ms. Greiner was arrested and charged with drug smuggling. Her trial begins on Friday in Moscow. America's government decided at first to let the Russian legal process unfold. But in May, the State Department reclassified Ms. Greiner as, quote, wrongly detained, switching responsibility for her case to the Office of the Special Presidential Envoy for Hostage Affairs. Unfortunately for Ms. Greiner, Russo-American relations have soured even further since Russia invaded Ukraine, a week after her arrest. Her chances of release appear slim. Acquittal rates in Russia are low, and the authorities have the power to overturn the outcome of the trial. Instead, negotiations are likely to intensify. Daily Quiz. Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Friday. What term is used in America for professionally managed open-ended investment pools that allow small investors to own a wide range of financial securities? Thursday. Which British newspaper was founded as the Daily Universal Register in 1785? The winners of last week's crossword. Thank you to everyone who took part in our weekly crossword, published in the weekend edition of Espresso. The winners chosen at random from each continent were Asia, Talgat Zumagulov, Nur Sultan, Kazakhstan, North America, Katie King, Vancouver, Canada, Central and South America, Sylvia Freund, San Salvador, El Salvador, Europe, Josefina Enfidak, Brussels, Belgium, Africa, Lasse Erdian, Cape Town, South Africa, Oceania, Tony McNamara, 
Perth, Australia. They gave all the correct answers of Gustavo Petro, Greece, Virus, and Odessa. Check back tomorrow for this week's crossword. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Carl Lewis, who was born on this day in 1961. The trials on the road to world harmony are no greater than the courage of those who accept the challenge. That's The World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening. 